Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Today, we welcome back a listener favorite, Dr. Travis Stork. This is his fifth time on the show, making him the most interviewed guest since the show's inception. He's an encyclopedia of knowledge, everything from home remedies, nutrition advice, recipes, weight loss tips to disease prevention. I always learn something new, and you will too. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Travis Stork is in the house, and it all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a board-certified emergency medicine physician and number one New York Times best-selling author. Most of you know him as the host of the Emmy Award-winning talk show, The Doctors. He graduated magna cum laude from Duke University as a Phi Beta Kappa member and earned his medical degree from the University of Virginia. As a result of his experiences as an ER physician, he's passionate about teaching people simple methods of preventing illness. His goal is to help others maximize their time spent enjoying life and minimizing time spent as a patient. He recently became a father and is enjoying spending his spare time with his beautiful wife, Paris, and their son, Grayson. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Travis Dork. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be on for the fifth time. Oh, fifth time. I'm telling you, I, I got to send you a virtual cake. Congratulations. <laughs> this is a milestone. Oh, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. Uh, it's always great chatting with you. You know, since you were on here last time, you uh, became a new father. Share with us, what's it like being a doctor daddy? It's been great. He's, oh, let's see, just turned 11 months old. So he is officially, even though he's not one yet, he is full on toddler mode. And so it's been a, you know, it's been a treasure because obviously this last year, a lot of ups and downs for everyone. But one of the silver linings of the pandemic is I was able to spend so much time with Grayson. And that has just been time that I'll never look back at it with regret. And honestly, I never knew I would enjoy fatherhood so much. And it's, it's just been, it's been great because up until the pandemic started, I was traveling every week for work for 12 years straight. And then, you know, last summer, I officially um, no longer posting the doctors. And and that gave me a chance to, to be able to be home more and practice what I preach a little bit more. So it's been it's been great. That's great. I know with so many busy doctors, not to mention those with a celebrity status, you know, time spent with children often gets put on the back burner. So I admire you for putting family first. Well, it's, you know, it's the benefit of, I luckily, and I, I honestly think of all of my colleagues who had kids when they were in residency and their training. And for me, I'm lucky to be later in my career. And that, that has afforded me the opportunity to spend that time with them. And, you know, it, I'm an older dad. I'm 49 years old, so it's it's not always easy just from a functional standpoint. I, right. <laughs> I, you know, just I've had to work a lot on uh, physical rehab just so that I can get on the floor with him and get up in one piece. But it's been it's been great because in many ways, you know, I, I certainly don't think of myself as any particular age, but he has really reinvigorated me and and helped me feel younger than ever because you have to be to keep up with, with his level of energy. 
Yeah, well, what's going to happen in your 60s? You've got to start throwing footballs and baseballs. You've got to get ready. <laughs> yes, that is true, which, which, is, which is all the fun stuff that you look forward to and, and all the things that, that I'm excited to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. Great. I know back in uh, 2013, I was reminiscing of the prior times you've been on the show. You were one of the first guests to talk about the importance of gut health. That was in 2013. And today, research shows the microbiome should be our primary focus on disease prevention. I'm curious, what do you consider public enemy number one when it comes to an unhealthy gut? Why are our guts so unhealthy? I would say number one, number two, and number three is we just don't get enough fiber. And I you know, I can't emphasize that enough. For me, I, I think back to before I learned about all of this, and no one was teaching me, even in medical school, that every time you eat a highly processed food, they've pretty much taken out the fiber. So even if you're just eating a sandwich on white bread, well, that white bread is processed, so all that good fiber is taken out of it. So one of the things that has been wonderful as you do the research to learn is it's easy to flip that switch. So even anyone listening right now, if you make no other change other than get rid of all the processed breads, pastas, and, and you, you go with whole grain versions, you're going to get so much more fiber in your diet. And that alone, you know, and you know this, it it feeds those good gut bacteria. And it's it's more important than ever in a weird way because one of the things we haven't talked enough about is during the pandemic, everyone went extra heavy on sanitization. So everyone was using really high-powered antiseptic wipes everywhere. And, you know, that's one of those things where, especially with a kid at home, we were very conscious of making sure that he's developing a good microbiome. And, and it's ever more important now to eat those healthy foods, the fruits, the veggies, the, the fibrous foods. Like we, I can't tell you how many uh, beans we eat in this household. And luckily Grayson loves them too. And it's, you know, those are the things that we try to do to keep our fiber intake up. And also obviously all the other I call them the nutrients that are on board with the fiber, but it's, it's really important. And it's also back to age 49. There's no doubt that at this stage in life, when you reach midlife, you have to be so much more cognizant of the food you're putting in your body, not just for gut health, but that gut health also does translate to that increase in fiber can, can help make sure that you're not putting on excess pounds and all those things add up over the years. But back to the pandemic, you know, we use so many hand sanitizers that I know this sounds weird to people, but those good bacteria that live on, live on our, our skin and in our guts, we've, you know, we systemically or systematically over the past year for good reason, just, been wiping a lot of them out and you know it's it's kind of a crazy thing to think about some of the things that were said and done over the last year and you know I won't even get into specifics of some of the comments that were made by high-powered individuals about things you could drink and you know it's it's just it's it's kind of time now with with us looking forward to really refocus on things like gut health because it improves overall health, your immune system. And, and I think uh, being a new father now, I'm looking at my kid and I'm just thinking about all the ways that, that I can teach him to eat good foods. And it's really cool because when we go to a dinner or a restaurant now and sit outside, my wife and I have realized that if we order from the kid's menu, it's almost always fried food 
or highly processed things like French fries. And so we, we don't get him those foods. We give him what we're eating and he loves it. And so hopefully he's developing those good habits early on that, and, and if you haven't had those good habits, it's never too late to change. Yeah, I know you bring up a good point. So many parents are afraid to let their child play in the dirt. And, you know, you, you, you're you going to let your child play in the dirt. The dirt's healthy. It brings your, your natural microbiomes. And everybody's so afraid of they become germaphobic. And I, I get the fear of, you know, the last year, but I'm afraid we're going to stay like that. I really do. I think this has ruined it for a lot of people. And we're going to see a lot of sick microbiomes in the future. I think you're probably right. And I think it's all about balance. And obviously, if you're in the ER and you're... You know, for me, if I'm going from patient to patient or you're dealing with highly virulent disease, then you're going to use the, the hardcore sanitizers. But day-to-day life, you're right. We, we can't be afraid. If your kid's playing in the dirt and they get a little dirt on them, that's okay. Right. That's true. And you, br- you bring up fibers being like your key public enemy number one. We need to have more fiber. And you mentioned grains. I'm so glad you bring that up. People are afraid of grains. It's like, you know, this gluten fear. It seems like the last decade or two, everybody's become gluten intolerant. What's your opinion? Uh, why are we, why is everybody so, uh, I guess, uh, sensitive to gluten now? Well, you know, I, I have some good friends who have celiac disease, which obviously is, gluten is a no-no for them. You know, others who feel like there's an intolerance. And I, I always tell people, you figure out what works for you because we're all different. Um, but for people who don't have an intolerance, who aren't allergic to gluten, it's, it's one of those things that you, you shouldn't be afraid of. And, and I think that one of the big challenges for me over the years as a public health advocate is trying to separate fact from fiction. And look, I'm the first one who's going to sit here and admit that if all you do all day long is just eat carbohydrates, well, that's not a balanced diet. But the the fear, this just this fear of carbohydrates, and in the case we'll we'll say whole grains, and whether that's starting your day with a bowl of oatmeal and berries, which loaded with that good beta glucan fiber, we shouldn't be afraid of that. And I think that a lot of people are. Um, and I'll be honest with you, even my wife is, she's, she, she reads so much. Uh, she's a lawyer, but she reads a lot of health articles and, um, she'll come to me and, and she'll say, okay, is it okay for us to eat this sprouted whole grain bread? Because I just read an article that is really bad for me. And I'll have to say, honey, <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it is not bad for us. It is bad if we eat the whole loaf every right. day, but that's not what we're doing. That's, uh, that's so true. I follow you on Instagram. And I enjoy all your posts. And last winter, you shared a video of you outside in the freezing snow, soaking in a huge tub full of ice, and it's actually a regular ritual for you. Share with the listeners how something so uncomfortable can be a health benefit. Well, <laughs> I think, you know, I've lived my life by this this essence of every day I try to do something that's uncomfortable and whether that's physically uncomfortable, it could also just be for someone, maybe, maybe you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation by giving a talk in front of a big group. But the, what's interesting about ice baths is I learned probably two years ago that it was a great way for me to reset my mental focus because when you get into a tub full of ice and ice water, the first thing you have to do is mentally focus and you focus on your breathing and you start to overcome 
what you think are your limitations because you get in, it's really, really cold. And your first thought is I can't, I can't stay in this, but you work through it through breathing and focusing. And it becomes almost this meditative experience that goes from being incredibly uncomfortable to something that's strangely not only comfortable, but, but calming. And obviously you have to work your way up and I don't recommend anyone do it without, um, clearance by your doctor because an ice water slurry is it is cold <laughs> but what's also great is you know um one of the things we learned back in medical school is the importance of brown fat and i don't want to overplay this but when you're getting in a, a tub full of ice water on a daily basis I, I at least tell myself that i'm building up my brown fat which of course burns fat and so i tell myself at least that there's this secondary benefit of maybe a little extra weight loss as my body's trying to not only warm itself up, but um, hopefully, hopefully building up my fat, uh, brown fat stores. Yeah, that makes it. I read a neat article that says, uh, we know, and I do cold showers, same principle, uh, not in the snow though, inside, so I can get right in the <laughs> nice, warm, warm atmosphere. But, you know, I'm, I'm not building up to what you do, but I heard you, vasoconstricts the peripheral blood vessels and it brings the blood to the organs. So it actually brings fresh blood to the heart, the brain. It made sense because you're constricting the outside blood vessels. Do you think there's any truth to that? It certainly makes sense, and obviously that's where you have to be a little bit careful because if you if you stay in a, a cold tub too long, you know, and, and <laughs> the videos you saw of me, I think it was 15 degrees out, and I had to take an ice ice pick to even get into the into the water, and it's basically a 100 gallon Rubbermaid trough, and you know you get in that water and you get to the point where you're not obviously in discomfort anymore because in some ways your your feet and hands they start to numb up so you all that blood flow is it's going to my vital organs it's going to my heart um going to my brain uh which again there's that mental focus from it but obviously i have to <laughs> i've learned i'm also very careful because the last thing you want to do is stay in there so long that your your hands and and feet start getting frostbite but it's it, it's one of those things david that I learned, I'm a Colorado kid, so I, I was born in Colorado. My first job in the ER after residency at Vanderbilt was in the mountains of Colorado. So I would work, I worked in two ERs in Denver and one ER out in the mountains in Summit County, Colorado. And I, I actually spent a ton of time in the mountains and learned when you live at 9,600 feet that it's cold. It's cold quite a bit. <laughs> and yeah. you know it was one of those things where that's kind of the first time I started playing around with this concept of jumping into really cold rivers and cold creeks after a long maybe mountain bike ride and look all I know is I felt better after doing it and to this day I feel better after I do it and so I've continued to do it the challenge is in Nashville where we live now it's hard to keep that ice water <laughs> it's hard to keep it cold because it's obviously much warmer here. Yeah, that's great. Like I said, I do the, I do the cold shower, so I, I do feel it to some extent. I'm not as brave as you, maybe one day, but not yet. Hey, let me ask you this. Last time you we were on You're the show, I, yeah, we're good. Last time we were on the show, you shared how to make a chocolate mousse using avocados and unsweetened cocoa powder. We had a ton of listeners writing in saying how much they loved it. What's another healthy indulgent or maybe a snack that people can reach for without the guilt? What's your go-to? 
Oh, you know, they're actually, I, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll do a shameless plug here. And it, you know, one of the things without giving a recipe right now, I, one of the things I've learned is that my number one go-to snack and maybe the same way are nuts. And so no matter where I am, I always have nuts on hand. And I love nuts so much that I'm actually working right now on developing, a, so I'll call it a, a new nut snack based on walnuts because everyone thinks of nuts and they think of almonds or pistachios, but no one thinks of eating walnuts as a snack. They just think of walnuts as something that goes into a recipe. Um, so I'm actually working with some walnut farmers in California to make walnuts more accessible at the checkout counter which is, again, something that's really fun for me because these are things I'm eating every single day. I, I do something, I call it one man, one pan with a plan. And this is, I'm not even <laughs> going to get the formal recipe right now, but one of the things that I do when I wake up in the morning is I tend to make breakfast for the whole family. And this isn't even a formal recipe. So, and that's what makes it fun is I'll heat up a skillet put a little olive oil in there. And then I look in the fridge for any extra vegetables that we have. And, you know, I love everything from uh, mushrooms, greens, onions. I, I will saute those and then I'll actually add in some beans, whether it's cannellini beans, black beans, pinto beans. And then I add in, and this is what's really cool for people out there who are moving away from animal-based products. There is a, a vegan egg brand called Just Eggs that you can use. It's made from mung beans. Or you can put a couple of eggs in there. And then what I create is essentially this it's, – it, it's not quite an omelet, but it's a scramble with all the leftover veggies that we have in the fridge. And my wife loves it. I love it. And most of, most of all, our, our kid loves it. And so these are, I call them amateur hour sautés. It's basically just, you take everything but the kitchen sink. That you have. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I'll add in things like turmeric, black pepper. And, I love it. And it's just a fun thing to do. And, it, and what happens is over time, you perfect it. And you figure out, well, maybe some black olives in here make it a little tastier for me. Or maybe I really I love I don't that. like cannellini beans. And then you experiment and then and have fun yeah. with it. Uh, you, do you have an Italian background? Because that sounds like a frittata where they just grab the leftovers and just make this, you know, this morning meal with eggs. And My wife uh, is Italian, so maybe that's where I, I, I got that from. Yeah, no, that's the way to do it. Hey, let me ask you this. I've, I've interviewed, it seems like every other guest gives me a different view on coffee. It's so controversial. Some say it prevents and, you know, prevents cures disease. Others say it causes and fuels disease. I'm curious. You've talked to other people. You have a view. Are you a Java fan? Absolutely. I, for me personally, I see zero controversy as long as you're not adding a bunch of sweeteners to it. Because for me, when you look at the data of, again, coffee, which is made from coffee beans, a lot of antioxidants, uh, everything from some data that it could be liver, heart protective, et cetera. To me, it is, I view it as a healthy part of my morning. And then the other thing that I do now, and it's something that I've probably been doing for three, four years is I do do some limited time restricted eating. So I typically eat all of my food within 10 hours. And in the morning, if I have a cup of coffee, 
it, it just, for me, this is what works for me. It helps tamper down my appetite so that it's not, it's not something where I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is just start throwing food back. I actually enjoy my cup of coffee and get those antioxidants. It's, a, it's just a ritual that provides me so much joy. <laughs> it's something that right. I forward to so much. And <laughs> again, the data to me, for me personally, I would never cut it out based on any quote unquote controversy because I just, when I look at the data, I see nothing but good things with coffee. As long as again, you're drinking actual coffee and not what we yeah. call coffee with tons of sugars and, and other things in it. Yeah. I think you bring a good point is let your body talk to you. Cause some people don't process coffee as well. And if they're drinking it and feel like crap and their heart's racing and they can't sleep and they got the jitters, that's not you. <laughs> Maybe coffee's not for them. And in your fact, it, it helps you as well, which is great. Let me ask you, I was, you know, trying to condense your bio, looking at all the things you've accomplished. And I'm curious, what are you most proud of? You know, the, the thing I'm most proud of, and, and this is not a, uh, uh, I could say, look, it's being Grayson's dad. And that's, that's certainly very true, but it's that I've taken chances in my life. And when I was younger, I read the quote by Helen Keller that life is either a daring adventure or nothing. And when I've had opportunities in life to maybe go off route a little bit, I've, I've gone on those adventures and I think back to, I was 22 coming out of college as a math major and I was an actuarial scientist, had no intention of going into medicine. And I, I volunteered at a free clinic, loved the experience and decided to, to take classes at night so I could potentially go back to medical school. And I, I remember my, my mom explicitly at the age of maybe 24 asking me if this was a good idea because I had, spent years taking all the exams to be an actuarial scientist. Well, that that's just the first of, of, I think, what I would call many career turns, curves, changes, that when I look back over the last 27 years since I've been out of college, it's created a life of adventure that I, and I wouldn't change any of it because it's all made me who I am. And even the experiences that I've had that maybe at the time were, were back to being a little uncomfortable, maybe they weren't as enjoyable at the time. In the long run, it's, I, I've never regretted going on an adventure. And, and, and that can be, for me, both career and obviously extracurriculars. But to me, that's it's been such an important part of my life and it's something that I really hope to instill in Grayson as well, which is, you know, it's good to, it's good to be comfortable, but be careful not to be too comfortable in life. And again, that goes with both career and, and, and everything else as well. Yeah. I think that's like the best advice for anybody, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's social life is just say yes to opportunity. Don't be so compliant and in comfort and get out of your comfort zone because that's where great things happen. So you've done so well. I remember listening to a podcast you did. It was like last year, which really resonated with me. You discussed the importance of finding purpose in life. And you mentioned it was something you were struggling with at the time. And now you're approaching the big five Oh, with so many achievements in life, what's on the horizon for Dr. Travis Dork. 
Well, like I said, I've been I'm I'm working on a, a new stack snack line called Snack Primal that has been I'll, I'll call it uh, engaging in my entrepreneurial spirit and trying to get back to this food is medicine mantra. And, and, and on top of that, one of the fun things over the last year for me, going through all these experiences, being a new father, I'm, I've been working on yet another book that hopefully will, will come out later this fall or early next year. And that's going to be really, really honing in again on food as medicine, especially looking at as we reach our midlife <laughs> invoking I've learned in life and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I, until now I, I learned a lot and I, and I feel like I had great training, but as you get a little bit older, you realize that you're finally developing wisdom and it's just something you don't have when you're 25 or 30 and no number of medical school classes or no number of years in residency necessarily give you wisdom like going through life and the ups and downs and I, I think that's something that it's been more fun for me nowadays to sit down at the computer and and write because it's not just my life experiences it's it's okay when I did that whether it's health related or not I found that this was a negative and that's why I've changed why I'm doing that and and, and then you pull back from that statement and you realize okay well I learned, I gained some wisdom and right. now I'm, I want to share that with others. So it's, it's, it, to me, the world is my oyster. As I turn 50, uh, March 9th next year, uh, my wife is, is threatening me with a, a party, <laughs> which I'm scared to death of, but it, it's, uh, it, it's to me a new beginning and, and it gets back to life is, is, I think it's important in life to, to mark these, these occasions because it's a chance to reflect and I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five or 10 years, David, but what I do hope is that, you know, that whatever it is, it's something that will serve a purpose. And it's something where if you and I are on the phone five years from now, I can say it was an adventure. I'm happy I went on. Yeah. You say yes to opportunity. New things are going to come your way. And, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking back, I've talked to some of my patients in their 20s and 30s, and they come in and stressed and they share what they're stressed about. And I just roll my eyes. I go, oh, my God, that, that wouldn't stress me out any, any, any right now. But I guess back then it did. So as you say, we, we grow with wisdom and we look back and we just become more mature. Things don't stress it out as much. We just have more knowledge. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the great thing about aging is, is you know, we, we gain that experience where it's like I'm laughing little things that bother them as a 10 on a stress level would be a one right now. <laughs> that is so true. And you know, the one other piece of advice that I'll share, maybe the most important piece of advice at all that I've learned is anyone who pretends to have all the answers or anyone who acts like there's some health advice that's written in stone, be very wary and careful because of maybe the greatest wisdom I've learned is that things can change and also, what works for you may not work for me and vice versa. And I, I still think back to medical school, the one nutrition class I ha had, which really honed in on fat-free is the way to go. Get your patients to eat fat-free. If your patients have heart disease, make sure they're not eating any fats whatsoever. Fat-free, fat-free. And I just think back to how far off base that advice was. And 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 learning that every five to 10 years, 
a lot of the things that you've practiced, whether it be as a doctor or in your own life, maybe turn out to be the wrong habits and, and having the ability to adjust and be flexible back to being healthy is not some rigid set of rules. It's literally uh, working throughout your life to make incremental improvements. And if new science comes out, being willing to change, because if an article came out tomorrow that was really well researched that said coffee is, is bad for you, well, then you know what? I may switch to drinking black tea in the morning. Right. <laughs> but, but, that, but that's part of life and, and understanding as you get older that, that being really rigid is, is never the answer. And taking advice from someone who is who's absolutely rigid in everything yeah. they believe without flexibility can be a very dangerous game. Well said. Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. And congrats again on new fatherhood and, of course, on achieving the title of most interviewed guest on To Your Good Health Radio. I look forward to having you back again (laughs) soon. And I do wish you all the best in all your future endeavors as you hit the second half of your life. The Big Five Ho is just the beginning. To learn more about Dr. Travis Stork, go to TravisStorkMD.com. And while there, you can sign up for his free newsletter and receive all the latest health info sent directly to your inbox and check out these uh, snacks that he mentioned that he's working on. Their information is on there as well. And be sure to check out his healthy recipes. He's got so much uh, info there at Video Library. Check them all out. You can follow Dr. Stork on Facebook and Instagram at Travis Stork MD. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram. I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Dr. Stork share something today that could benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media, Sharing is Caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.